Hello and welcome to the Shades of Green podcast. I'm Juanita Garcia. And I'm Bryant Williams. I'm the pinky to her brain. And today <laughs> the podcast is trying to take over the world. <laughs> so um, to, we're recording at the uh, beautiful 1871 studio. Thank you very much to um, 1871. Which we have a guest in the studio. <laughs> yeah, let's today. not forget we have a guest. <laughs> a featured environmentalist. Yeah, um, a really good, uh, someone I consider a really good friend, and um, a a burgeoning friendship seems (laughs) to be on the horizon between you two. You can have so many, so many um, things in common. This is uh, Alicia Ponce Nunez, the principal and founder, correct, of uh, AP Monarch. Yes. So, can can you tell us a little bit about that organization? Yes, AP Monarch. um, I founded it. It'll be ten years. Oh wow! In June. Cool. And um, it was founded on the principles of sustainability and designing for a healthier built environment. So, you know, I was working at big firms, architectural firms. And do, you, do you mind naming any of the ones that you've worked in? Uh, in no, the past not or? at all. Um, one of them, I right off of school, I started as an intern and they hired me after I graduated was VOA okay. and now Stantec. And then, oh wow, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And another big firm I worked for was Epstein Global. Okay, mm-hmm. very cool. So, what? How did you decide to go off and start your own company then? It was always about sustainability. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really that was my focus. That was my, you know, desire to to design for a healthier environment. I actually almost quit architecture altogether at one point because I had a moment of, you know, what, what are we doing? We're, you know, yeah, the existential crisis. So how do you, um, so how did you get into architecture? Like, are you from Chicago originally? Were you born and raised? Mm -hmm. Like what side of town? Yeah. In the South side. (laughs) Whereabouts if you don't mind, like particular neighborhood? Do you mind? Yeah, actually, well, not in the city proper, just right outside um, in Summit, Illinois. Oh, okay. Okay. Very cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So kind of south and west. Yeah. Yeah, Southwest. Okay. Um, And then how did you get into architecture? Like you you went went away to school and saw a drafting board and was like, that's it right there, you know? (laughs) No, I always, you know, this is probably rare, but um, I always wanted to be an architect. I mean, I could go back as far as, you know, probably six, five, six years old. Really? I wanted to, I wanted to build, I wanted to, you know. Do you know, like, what caught your attention then? Or, like, how, like, what drew you into it? I trigger it to a moment. Um, I went to go uh, to a construction site. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, my father took me for a ride. He was going to go um, visit um, his cousin. Mm-hmm. And he's a civil engineer. And so he's like, come on, let's go. You know, he took me with and we went to a construction site. And that's where I was like, wow, look at all of these bulldozers, (laughs) the smell of this, you know, the wet concrete. And yeah, yeah, very cool. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Um, How did so you started the company 10 years, almost 10 years ago now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about some of the growing pains and. So, you know, I, I take that back. Before we get into that, like, so architecture and sustainability were not always mixed. Like, how did you decide to kind of combine the two? Or, as we always ask, what makes you an environmentalist? <laughs> well, I never, I don't think I ever saw it as a separation. Yeah. You know, I said that I was going to leave architecture because I, 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 
I had I reached a moment where I was like, oh, you know, where there's all this construction, there's mm-hmm. all of this demolition, there's just like, you know, you build and then you demolish, you build yeah. and you demolish, and where are these materials coming from? And Love what the same materials? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Um, what are we doing? And you know, the, all the energy, and you know, I think I was aware. I don't know if it was a sixth sense or mm-hmm. something about you know because I was still a lot younger and it's something that we didn't talk about, but, um, you know, the, the climate change, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. called climate change at the time, yeah. but something wasn't, didn't sit well with me. Um, this was like in, in college and like a little after college, mm-hmm. um, right around that time, that's when, um, I I came across this article about lead, Mm -hmm. you know, and it talked about green building in the, you know, in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is this is for me. I'm (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to stick with it. (laughs) Cool. Cool. So I'm sorry, Monita, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you about to? Uh, No, I I think that was pretty organically uh, (laughs) approached. Right, we'll, we'll cut that out then. I don't want to be. I don't want to seem rude on the podcast. So <laughs> I wasn't trying to cut you off. So um, <laughs> all right. So you worked at uh, VOA slash Stantec, then you worked at Epstein. Now AP, you immediately decided to start up your own company and kind of focus more on sustainability. So you're lead uh, lead lead certified. Like which is it? Lead AP or she's lead accredited. Lead. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not a yes, GBC dude. Like, they're accredited. Certified. <laughs> you know what? Excuse me for trying to learn more. <laughs> but there's always the there's the lead alphabet soup, right? There's yes. like lead AP, and then you know CDM, and you know acronym. And what does it stand for? Do you have a lead acronym or? Well, it's like, lead AP, lead accredited professional okay. at building design and construction. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You have certified buildings. Is that the correct terminology? Lead certified here? buildings. Mm-hmm. All right. But so you and I, we met a couple, um, like a couple years ago at this point, I want to say, like at um, mm-hmm. University of Chicago, where you were working on a um, project that's somewhat interesting there, where they were looking to develop a living building. Yes. Uh, LBC. So can you talk about that a little bit? And if, you know, go right ahead. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's where we met. It was for the University of Chicago, um, the Keller School uh, Public Policy, mm-hmm. and that project is heading towards LEED Platinum Certification as well as Living Building Challenge Pedal Certification. Okay. So two certifications: the Living <coughs> Building, which is you know called LBC. It's a, a similar rating system, only it's it's different in the sense that it's a bit more stringent and it's based on actual operation. Okay. Um, and then you start tracking it, um, you know, energy and how it's actually how it actually operates as far as energy twelve mm-hmm. months after occupancy. Right. So it's it's very stringent, and that's why it is called a challenge, yeah. <laughs> uh, living building challenge. But it's you know I love those kinds of challenges. Yeah. So you're also a member of or a leader of the living building challenge collective locally. Is that correct? Yeah, so we have, just like USGBC has um, committees all across the country um, or chapters or, you know, we have 
organizations, local organizations here at the USGBC. Living Building also has what they call collaboratives. So we have the Living Building Chicago Collaborative. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently I'm one of three facilitators for the city of Chicago. Cool. Mm -hmm. Are there a lot of um, Living Building Challenge professionals with experience or we just call um, them living building challengers <laughs> living building challengers <laughs> lbc challengers um there's uh, i don't know so i'm also living future accredited mm-hmm. um i don't know how many there are at this point in the city of chicago but um it's definitely um another another area where it's taken off because yeah. the the lbc certification is just it's. It, I love the philosophy and the mission, mm-hmm. or the how it's all started. It's just. It's really if you. The the philosophy is if you can design a building to really take care of itself, maintain itself in its natural environment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and like a lot of the marketing is, you have a big flower on the on the marketing, and mm-hmm. it's based on you know if you can if a flower can survive in its natural habitat how can we do that as a building you know how can we be a living building what's um you mentioned living future living future Mm -hmm. so what's that versus living building so living building is the certification living future is the is the organization like you know its equivalent would be usgbc gotcha Mm -hmm. okay all right um do you have a preference between one or the other? Do you think one is, you know, like, I guess, for lack of a better term, superior to the other? Like, you know, in LEED certification seems to focus on a very, a very narrow set of, uh, set of issues around buildings, whereas LBC, from the outside looking in, the Living Building Challenge appears to look at the whole, all systems associated with the building, or maybe I'm wrong? Well, it's all kind of coming, meshing together. <laughs> the The one major difference is that Living Building is, um, you cannot get the certification unless you prove the the um, operation. Okay. And, uh, and all of the the imperatives, mm-hmm. which is equivalent to credits and lead, right. you know, they're imperatives. You must comply gotcha. with the with the checklist, so to speak. And with lead, it's um, voluntary. Okay, you know, you can choose not to do this one or do mm-hmm. that one, and so forth. Okay, so oh, I got you. So everything within a within a pedal, you have to do it to achieve that pedal. Yes, but like with lead, there's a checklist, and like, all right, we. We didn't do this one, but we have bike racks out in front, so you know people can bike here, you know. <laughs> yeah, Which I did. I biked here to the 1871 <laughs> sure studio. Did, like, brisk outside, but the, hey, the sun is shining, the weather is sweet. You know, like it's a good, it's a good mood. I'm in a good, you know, feeling good. Yeah. Well, they can be complementary, right? Because especially if you focus on the lead buildings, which tend to focus more on the design and construction side and mm-hmm. less on operations, and they can be pretty complementary when you think about living building challenge um, in the long-term operations of a building. Yeah, and that's changing. You know, yeah. living building has setting the bar high, yeah. <laughs> and so LEED is um, also going in that direction mm-hmm. where... Yeah you know, you are held accountable. Okay, so you built this wonderful, beautiful building and you're not just going to close up shop and go to the yeah. next one. How are you being held accountable as, you yeah. know, as how it is operating? Sure. So do I have a preference? Um, you know, they each have their, their pretty 
Yeah. They're great things. Yeah, with lead being so mainstream now, yeah. you know, how do you keep pushing pushing the industry and and um towards higher a higher and higher bar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same I think lead is pretty much mainstream. It's like, you know, I was just uh using this analogy yesterday, like the uh Building Material Reuse Association, they were founded right around the same time as the USGBC. Mm-hmm. One organization focused on, you know, um practitioners in the field to develop that organization. The other one used you know, had a really strong marketing team. And so that organization is now a household name. And the other one is the yeah. Building Material Reuse Association. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but like, but they, but it worked. And, you know, you see, you know, uh, lead certified buildings everywhere. And especially in the downtown area. I remember reading recently that Illinois had the um, per, like highest number of lead certified buildings That's in the country, like over the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dropped last year, right? We're still in the top five. We're still so, somewhere in the in top area. five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know we're close. We're close. I mean, like, you know, we can uh, we'll bounce back. Like, um, so we were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on the podcast. So I thought at one point, I thought um, incorrectly that you were the only that AP Monarch was the only um, Latina uh, Latina owned um, sustainability or building sustainability company in the Chicago area. But I think you mentioned Urban Works is one. Yeah. So um, I don't know of another company, you know, yeah, I haven't looked into it, but, um, you know, that focus on sustainability. But, um, you know, a great mentor to me is, you know, somebody who who founded Urban Works. You know, she's an architect, female, Latina. And um, so other other than Pat, I don't know you know, of another company, you know, like ours. But your company is somewhat different from hers in that you Mm -hmm. do focus primarily on um, sustainable design within the buildings, correct? Where she's more just traditional architecture planning. Yeah, well, I've definitely made it um, known, you know. It's it's part of who I am and people Mm -hmm. who know me. you know, they might not remember my name when I give them a business card because, you know, how many business cards do you get, right? right. Yeah. And you just put it in your pocket and you're like, oh, okay. I'll. Yeah. So they don't necessarily remember my name, but they're like, oh, you're the monarch lady. You're the butterfly <laughs> lady, you know, because it's very prominently on mm. my on my um, business card and my um, marketing. And, you know, the monarch is very um, special to me for many different reasons. Yeah. Um, so I've, you know, it's for the environment, um, you know, and I love telling the story. Yeah, back right in, man, because that, that's an amazing segue. Like, yeah. Far more talented at broadcast than I am because I was like just going to ham-handedly like go over there. So well, just the, um, the story, please. The, the story, AP Monarch. Um, so AP uh, are my initials or architecture and planning if you uh, every way, <laughs> any way you want to look at it. And then See, Monarch. You know, the initials for the company name. <laughs> That's okay, a thing. Brian, I'm just throwing that out there one more last time. So, I'm sorry, AP Monarch. Bryant. <laughs> architecture and planning. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the Monarch Butterfly came out as, um, it has a couple of meanings. One is, and, you know, they're both equally special to me. One is, you know, the Monarch Butterfly is a symbol of a healthy environment. Mm-hmm. You know, the B- Monarch Butterfly is not going to go to 
hang out at a landfill or, yeah. you know, um, you know, an empty lot. Right. right. So if you see a monarch butterfly, you get the sense of a healthier environment, a clean air, there's yeah. water, there's native plants. And um, so that's that's how I want to leave my mark. You know, that if the AP monarch has been there, there's a sense of, you know, somebody took, you know, the time to think about the healthy aspects of the space, of the design, and, and so forth. So healthy biodiversity. Mm-hmm. And then the monarch butterfly is also special because it's the, it's the state symbol of where my family is from in Mexico. Right. So it's an ode to my, my parents and my grandparents of, you know, this is where, this is where we're from, Morelia, Michoacán. Have you met, um, Alice, do you know Alicia, uh, um, I'm sorry, um, Amaris? Amaris. Because her family is from the same area. Okay. In she's a mem- she's a member of the Environmentalist of Color. She mm-hmm. works for uh, the Botanic Garden in their um, college first uh, science first program. But her family is from the same area. Mm-hmm. We'll have to connect you to if yeah. you have not. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then the story of the monarch is is it's a beautiful mystery. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the monarch migration. That happens from Canada to Mexico in this um, remote town in Mexico, uh, in the state of Michoacan. And nobody, you know, scientists, biologists don't know why they travel. They make this 2,000-mile journey every year um, to this beautiful oasis in Mexico, which I just visited in, you know, yeah. in, over the Thanksgiving break. Wow. And it was just, I'm like, being there, I was like, wow, I, I want to come here every year, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, were you there during the migration? I, I was during the very beginning of the migration in wow. November. Uh huh. Wow. So they had just made their, their journey from Canada. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. It's just a beautiful, um, just natural landscape. Do, are there any projects in the Chicago area where you know we can see that AP Monarch stamp? Like, are, are there um, projects that in the area that you've worked on or um, been a part of their lead accredited lead certification or um, <laughs> LBC certification? There will be a pop quiz. Right. There'll be, there will be two questions. Right. Well, no, I was just thinking so people could see you know like the the AP stamp. You know what I'm saying? The butterfly mm-hmm. stamp, like in the Chicago area or something like that. You know. They could see this is a you know this is a highly you know a well designed um, building by a highly skilled uh, ar- lead accredited person exactly <laughs> professional. Um, well, there's there um, some of the projects that AP Monarch has been a part of. Um, when I started my business, um, one of the first projects that I got was to be the lead designer for the Exelon corporate headquarters at oh. 10 South Dearborn. And that one was the uh, that one achieved a lead platinum uh, certification. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, you know, it was a it was a beautiful beginning. You oh, know. Sure. Um, and so there's a other commercial spaces that don't necessarily have the certification, but they're designed under the, the principles and the guidelines gotcha. for that. And right now, you know, as we mentioned, uh, working on the University of Chicago for mm-hmm. LEED Platinum and LBC. We have another one that we just announced yesterday. Uh, we'll be starting soon. Tell us, a little, tell us about that one, if you don't mind. 
Of course I don't mind. Um, well, we're going to start, you know, hopefully very, very soon. It's um, a we're going to go for lead uh, gold mm -hmm. in uh, Vail, Colorado to do some. They're designing some resorts and a residence there. Nice. So oh, nice. we are so really happy to be part of that project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So um, you have one child or... Two. 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 Okay. Yes. Um, Hi, Emilio. Hi, Paz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I, I remember seeing you out and about in the, uh, you know, like, outside of work from time to time, like, at the plant and stuff like that, like, at the farmer's market at the plant in Chicago. Amazing organization located at 14, mm -hmm. 1400 West 46th Street, farmer's markets, first Saturday, first Saturday of every month during the um, winter months. Just throwing that out there. I don't have any direct affiliations oh. to the organization. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be good for you to stop in theplantchicago.org. Oh, so, when do they start the uh, outdoor markets? Um, they start them like, uh, I mean, I don't know for sure because I'm not directly affiliated. But what I hear <laughs> is um, I think May is when okay. they would start the outdoor markets and they oh. would go like once, you know, every oh, week at that point. Yeah. So. Then, yeah, never mind. Go ahead. So, but we've bumped into each yeah. other at their markets mm -hmm. before. And so, like, you're with your girls. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. The reason I'm asking is so, it, do, you know, so do you, does your um, environmental, does your sustainability, you know, focus like in, um, integrate into your home life as well? Like, are you recycling and uh, composting and are oh, you yeah. kind of teaching that stuff to your kids as well? Or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we do that at home. And um, a cute story is, is, you know, we do compost at home. And we were over at my sister's house for a barbecue, for a picnic, and we're all chopping, you know, vegetables and, and you know, all of the mm -hmm. compostables. Yeah. And we had them, we put them aside. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my son, who's who was four at the time, he's like, he's watching and he's helping. And so my sister or somebody, you know, throws it away, throws it all away to the trash. And he's like, hey. That's, you know, don't, you have to recycle it. It's compost. <laughs> everybody just stopped. And, and we took it home. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, very cool. Especially yeah. at four. Like, yeah. they have them already in Yeah, so that was, that. that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah one, of those, one of the things we talk about um, from time to time is, um, especially people, people of color have will have these sort of green behaviors or green lifestyle um, uh, adaptations that, that we have that are kind of innate and part of cultural. And then, you know, um, all of a sudden it's trendy. Do you see that there are a couple of things that you do or your family does that you've kind of done culturally that are all of a sudden trendy? You know, I guess I guess to circle back to mm -hmm. uh, one of the things we love to talk about is desabling. I don't know if you're familiar with no. that. Yeah. <laughs> so are you familiar with the term Columbusing? You no. know, so like Columbusing is um <clears throat> But I think I gather you, what you're saying. You're already you're already piecing it together. <laughs> you know, so like Columbusing is like when you know, how did um, Mel request that we say it? So, a fourteen ninety two e. Yeah, like when <laughs> when non indigenous people see something that you know uh, that mm -hmm. people of color are doing, and then they kind of glom onto it and then like reinvent it or re you mm -hmm. know, like discover you know, kinda, it. Yeah, rediscover it and like, <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, now this is our thing. Like you know, mm -hmm. I saw I saw one recently like on Facebook, and I'm hoping this was a joke. Like I saw um, you know, like 
brothers have been wearing do rags for years for a number of different reasons, and like you know, mostly mm-hmm. get the get the waves in effect. Like I miss mine, you know. But so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, they had this white cat that had wore do do rag, and then like he's brushing his hair to get waves in it, and they're like, oh wow, look at his look at his hair. It's almost like a watery like texture, you know. <laughs> this is insanity. So like now they're do sobbling waves and do rags, no. you know. Oh, so no. like um. <laughs> Excuse me, they're Columbusing waves and do rags. You know, mm-hmm. so like what we do, we call do so- we've come up with this term do sobling where, you know, it's the exact opposite of Columbus. It's us taking back, you know, like stuff that belongs to the culture, you know what yeah. I mean? So like Dusable was the founder of Chicago and we're like he's the first urban agriculturalist and you know, trying to bring more attention to what he to, to his accomplishments. And also just, you know, trying to take stuff back, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Part well, of the, our Chicago history that seems to get marginalized. Yeah. Well, the immediate example that I think of, you could walk into any Latino household mm-hmm. in the kitchen. You open the refrigerator and you're like, you know, you're looking for the salsa or, you know, leftovers. <laughs> and you see, you know, those, uh, the butter containers, the sour cream containers. We've done recycling. We've been recycling forever, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the butter is not the butter. It's, right, you gotta, <laughs> it's the rice from last night. You're going right. through like 20 containers to find the extra margarine and the butter, you know? So like, uh, or keeping, who's got a bag? full of plastic bags at home, you know what I mean? Like, everybody still has, like, the bag full of plastic bags. Like, the plastic bag ban did not affect me and my family because, like, we just went into the cupboards. It's like, finally a reason to use these things, you know? Like, yeah. I've been holding on to them for all this time. So, um, so you got the project coming up in Colorado. Anything mm-hmm. else that's new and exciting on the horizon? Like, what do you, you know, like, um, any other projects that you're looking at? Or you, it's a pretty small staff. It's, you know, like, at um, AP Monarch, right? Is it? Yeah, there's, you know, so there's two of us yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, do you have a like? Are you looking to um, bring on more projects so you can build Mm -hmm. capacity? Like, do you have a growth plan? Like, are you just like let's bring as many in as possible so I can start hiring (laughs) more people? Yes, just bring it in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a growth plan. Our our expertise has really moved into um, you know commercial interiors Mm -hmm. and uh, sustainability consulting for LEED and LBC, and now we're going to get into the uh, well well Mm -hmm. certification. Well, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm sure Juanita already knows what it is, but for the listeners, the international (laughs) listeners, Juanita, would you like to? Can you guys tell us a little bit about that? I haven't heard from you, Juanita. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, I I don't want to talk too much about my story of well and lead, but, um, you know, when I first started with um, a lead project, I happened to also be working, at the time I was uh, a mechanical designer, and I was also working on a massage therapy degree. And uh, it was wow. funny, it was like 2007, 2008, and I'd see that, you know, the clients I was working with, um, you know, were dealing with lifestyle problems, you know, that were having an impact on their body from posture to the way we were eating and, um, you know, being at a desk all day. And I'm like, wow, there's got to be a better way, you know. Um, and at the time, I ended up... S- happened to work on a lead project um, at at work during the day. And, and I'm like, huh, you know, because up until that point, you know, occupants were just 
a number I plugged in for occupancy. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about um, the health and well-being or even comfort of individuals. It was just a number I plugged in of people I, we anticipated in the, the room. Um, and then I'm like, wow, like there's there's more to think about with that. And I'm like, well, LEAD is definitely a step in the direction to health and wellness and a connection to health and wellness in the in the built environment. And uh, I ended up getting, uh, you know, um, my LEAD uh, accreditation. And then I'm like, oh, when I saw well, uh, which takes it so much farther along to think about um occupants in their space and and how the built environment and the connection to um, health and well-being can be taken so much farther I'm like this is really great this is amazing um, so that's really exciting for me to see that um, to see you know the impact on on design and thinking design holistically for the environment and the occupants in that space mm-hmm. um, you know with things like uh, considerations for color choices and circadian rhythms um, th- things to go so far beyond uh, what lead could do um, and even you know nutrition choices of people in in a space and how their nourishment and and, and again it goes back to that stuff I was thinking about at the time as a massage therapist student um, that was just looking to do that as a volunteer um, after, uh, you know, a a friend of mine dealing with cancer and how much the, how therapeutic touch could be, uh, you know, in in the healing process. But in that process, learning so much about um, health and well-being in a, in a, in a way that my education didn't have before. Um, so that was really exciting um, to get that perspective and getting a sense of sustainability from that health side as a mechanical designer. I, I don't think that I would have you know, pursued sustainability and green building and tech had it not been for mm-hmm. that experience. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, hi- hijack the well, <laughs> well certification conversation. But that's that's yeah. how I came to it. Yeah, I mean, well certification is based on the occupant, and it's because um, you know we spend ninety percent of our time indoors. Yeah. You know, and so that brought it to another level. I mean, lead. Um, you know, they're the pioneers for actually talking about green building and, mm-hmm. and the health of the environment. And then Living Building took it a step further and not only included the building, but, okay, how do urban planners get connected and how do we, yeah. you know, design a nice community for people who live in it, you know, yeah. and how do we make it equitable and how do we give back to the mm-hmm. community, which is, that's, I really became a fan of LBC is how do we give back and how are we just and equitable. Yeah. And then, well, comes along and, okay, so we spend 90% of the time indoors. How do we take care of ourselves? Right. You know, yeah. so it's, it's really, yeah, are you, it's about health and well-being. Do you do any passive house design as well? Or, I or have not. Most of your work is mm-hmm. commercial-based, is um, commercial, com- commercially focused, correct? Commercially focused. So actually... Um, where I'm doing, uh, I this is my second time around working with Erie Family Health. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in construction right now to do a teen center. 
Oh, wow. And it'll be opening up in late spring. So I'm excited about that. So do health clinics. Um, and then I do also do residential this with is a near focus the, on sustainability. In the Humboldt Park area? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. So very happy about that. Nice. Exciting project. Awesome. But in order to go after um, LBC accreditation or certification or what have you, you don't have to have a lead no. building. Like no. You could just be mm-hmm. like, hey, You I could wanna... be exclusive LBC, exclusive well, or you can have them all. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. There's plenty of overlap. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Cool. So. Fascinating. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I don't know. You're pondering. I see the clouds of thoughts above your head. You know, uh, you know, another thing we haven't really touched on, but... Um, that comes to come tends to come up in conversations with other environmentalists of color is mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe some mentors throughout your your career and your life, your education that helped influence where you are today? Um, I definitely have my mentors when it comes to entrepreneurship um, and architecture. Sustainability, I can't, there's people I look up to and professionals that I I love to collaborate with. I mean, I work with on a daily basis. I mean, like the two of you, you know, we could sit down and talk about the environment and come up with some really great ideas. Well, you know, the environmentalists of color is a really great network um, that we can just pick our brains and, you know, Mm -hmm. you guys are mentors, you know, as far as sustainability. I think like. You know, I, th- I feel like there aren't enough people focus- focusing on the built environment in the env- yeah. um, in general, but specifically mm-hmm. within the environmentalists of color group. I mean, you know, that's why I like you two so much. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember talking to you two about each other before you actually met, <laughs> yeah. you know, like looking to see some synergies of collaboration because we don't have, a, there's not enough of us. And like you said, we spend 90% yeah. of our time indoors. Indoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah I'm, I'm sure you, um, you have the same or similar experience of really few women and few people of color on design teams or construction teams, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you think about how how people of color occupy buildings, yeah. you know, that diversity of perspective as we design yeah. and build buildings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any time that I get um, invited to speak to career day at high schools, at elementary schools mm-hmm. or, you know, other organizations um, as a matter of fact in March there's like a tech savvy conference mm-hmm. coming up at um, what is it I'm forget it Triton College right in the south side mm-hmm. um, you teach a class there too don't you I not there oh, okay. um, but there's at Triton College they're gonna have that conference for young girls you know for oh. um, The AIA, I think it was through the AIA, or that's another one, actually. So I'm, anytime I get invited to those, I make sure, I try my hardest to go, because um, most of these uh, organizations or schools, they, it's um, um, brown and black students, Mm -hmm. you know, and they need to see that um, people like us. You know, and yeah. I love it. And I love it because I love it. And then I'm like, uh, because I walk in and they're like, I didn't know, you know, there were lady architects or I didn't yeah. know. Like, and then you see you see young girls, their eyes just like pop wide open. Yeah. It's like, 
and you know the young boys are you yeah. know also interested and then yeah. Yeah. but representation just, matters though yeah. I mean, and, like, you, know, you know representation and mentorship matters yeah. i always tell the students these young kids you know you need to find your mentors you need to find your mentors and you know you can do what you you know to pursue to help you pursue your dream yeah mm -hmm. um but uh, so I asked you. You teach a class somewhere, right? Like I think yeah, I must. I and when I get the opportunity to, and I have time to do it, I've taught um, a green construction class or a lead green associate mm -hmm. uh, preparation class, which is the first tier, Brian, on your way to lead AP. Oh, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm on it. Uh, let me know when. I'll, uh, so, I'll sign up for the class. So um, I'm an instructor at. At the uh, IWE, which is the Institute for Workforce uh, Education at St. Augustine College. Okay. So I was teaching there for several years. And then I also teach for this organization called Everblue, and they, oh, yeah. um, they offer all of this type of green training and instruction. Uh, Ever, tell, tell us a little bit more. I've never heard of them before. Everblue, you said? Yeah, Everblue is, a, is an organization that offers, you know, training in um, all types of green-related Are they Chicago-based or, like, national? They're, or? Okay, I should know this, but they're in the south. East. Oh. Yeah. Are they? Well, they. Uh, I know they operate um, they're all, over, all over the place nationally. Mm -hmm. They may be based in the southeast, but, um, you know, in, in maintaining that accreditation, you're required to do 15 to 30 hours of continuing ed to stay mm -hmm. current oh, okay. um, on industry trends. And, uh, you know, Everblue is a huge... Um, uh, resource a great resource for keeping up to date on that stuff i mean there are other resources for sure but it's definitely one of them so um i guess yeah i think kind of covered everything though i mean like um anything else about the uh you know about ap monarch that you want to tell us about any you know, like obviously you can't Lots tell us to too much, so, yeah. um, um no i'm just you know Thank you for inviting me and talking about AP Monarch. And, um, and what's the know, website? The yeah. website is www.apmonarch.com. Awesome. Um, I also have a Facebook page. Um, but, you know, through, through either social media or through my website, you know, you can get a hold of me. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but I love to connect with people and then just talk, just talk the environment and design. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk, uh, too, I guess, do you have any, any, um, upcoming plans for, uh, like the, uh, living building, um, collaborative? Living building challengers, what you guys are doing? You're rebranding it. We actually do have an event coming up. So every every other Thursday, starting next week, we have the coffee collaborative, and we are going to meet at two points in the city at coffee shops, and just talk green you yeah. know talk green your, your reusable mug, mug. <laughs> <laughs> yes um so we're there you know so that you can meet the other facilitators and um 
We do have a uh, Facebook page as well. Um, if you want to get involved with, I'm so happy you asked me. If you want to get involved, you know, just get a hold of me and we'll add you to our mailing list. And um, we, we're going to collaborate with uh, and work closely with USGBC and cool. Passive House because a lot of our members are, we're all in the same circle. Right. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a it's a co- big collaboration. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. So what do you see, like, do you, do you see one day um, LBC being more of a household name than US, than uh, USGBC and LEAD? Or do you see it as, a, you know, like, one being either or? I mean, is it, does it have to be either or? Do you think one is superior? Because, again, I think, you know, LBC looks at more changing how people operate within a building as opposed to lead looking at the operate changing how a building operates for lack of a better term. No, I think well lead is definitely um you know also about the operations now. It's um it's become a lot heavier on the engineering and um and its operation and maintenance. So they're definitely there. It's just that it's it's uh voluntary Mm -hmm. and LBC is uh man mandatory. You know, if you if you want the certification then prove it and do it, you know, or you're not gonna to get it but i don't know if one will you know supersede the other right. yet but um but no i mean it's really i i'm going to a conference in may the mm-hmm. living future conference it's in seattle mm-hmm. and i was there last year and i was just blown away by all of the you know it, it was very inspirational about where you know these are interesting times that we're in (laughs) and but it doesn't matter because our community our environmental community our building community we're just going to keep we're going to keep going we're going to keep going and building and you know we're in a we're in a race with climate change and i just look at my kids and i'm like well you know i'm going to try to do my best but i know you guys are going to figure it out <laughs> you're yeah. gonna have to figure it out you know. choice, yeah. design that bubble now guys <laughs> yeah. well i imagine like you you tend to at a conference like that you hear a lot about industry trends and technology but how do you how do you stay current um on trends and what resources do you like to keep up to date with to um to well, keep like up going to, date? to those conferences um reading you know just a lot of reading and yeah. you know a lot of networking within the community with mm-hmm. research and um, innovation is a big part of it you know yeah. with sustainability and design in general mm-hmm. you know if you want to be unique or ahead of the game you have to know how to innovate and you know that's what I mean like you know we're gonna have to design a bubble and <laughs> that's innovation well how clean will our air be mm-hmm. you know that you know what are what are our what is our housing going to look like? Our working environment's going to look like, right. you know. So it's I don't know. Is it Jet Jetsons? <laughs> We're yeah. almost there. So funny you were saying that. That's when you mentioned the bubble. That's what I was thinking about. The Jetsons hit the elevated <laughs> Isn't it buildings crazy that, above like, the atmosphere, right? Around, you know, that yeah, just seemed out of this world that Jetsons, but but that's kind of what we may have to go to. Like we're destroying the soil and the soil and the groundwater and polluting the air, like. But that was the Jetsons came out in like the '60s, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, still naive enough to think that we could rise above the pollution, you know. <laughs> rise above. Yeah, I was at a, um, I was at a uh, conference yesterday. Um, the School of the Art Institute they had a all day symp- uh, symposium called um, Truth Climate Now, 
And um, <laughs> one of the sessions, they had um, people talking about like, you know, like, oh, maybe we can go to, you know, like maybe it's realistic that we could go to Mars and terraform Mars and just move there and start over. And I was like, uh, <laughs> just keep uh, trashing me. <laughs> exactly. You know. That's not the answer, guys. Yeah. There's yeah. this one thing I and I haven't implemented or talked about it, but maybe we could start it with the EOC. It's mm-hmm. like um, I. I was talking about like the no no waste Wednesdays, no plastic Tuesdays, and no yeah. you know yeah. compostable Mondays. I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe we could challenge ourselves and see how much as EOC members can yeah. can yeah. do that. Well, I think as we're we're recording this, we ch- typically try not to give dates, hard dates, while we're recording. Mm-hmm. But yesterday was the first day of Lent, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. So like. You know, um, I have a friend that's giving up waste in plastics for uh, for Lent. So God bless him. I hope he, you know, I'm wishing him the best of luck because <laughs> it's tough in this society. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like he has is. To, he's going to have to prepare pretty much all of his meals at home. He can't eat out because there's plastic in, you know, pretty much everything or styrofoam, you know, like if you're eating mm-hmm. out. Right. Um, but then also, like, you know, like, how do you fight? How do you not generate waste? I mean, it's so difficult. And how do you? How do you count it? Are you, you know, like, are you recycling in that, you know, that counts as not generating waste? Are you reusing everything or all of your meals are um, portioned off and so on and so forth? It's pretty tough, you know, even or is he creating his own lotion because the bottles, you know, once it's empty. But then if he recycles it, does that count? Yeah, like it's way too complex for him to think about it. But the waste, the Waste free Wednesdays is doable, like one day of a week. Yeah, like I can just hold the waste until Thursday and then I'll generate it then. Start (laughs) next week, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, meatless Mondays seem to have caught on quite a bit. Wait, okay, waste. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess not with (laughs) Brian. (laughs) Don't you judge me. It's like, I'll do good for the environment somewhere else. I you roll. Know? I roll. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny how we all have, you know, those comforts we need to have. Um, you, know, those, the, you know, we all have a line we draw of, you know, oh, I can get away with, I can deal with using my reusable mug and taking public transportation, but I want my clean white towels every day, you know, and these little things that, you know, are really comfortable and we we feel like we need them yeah i mean we, we've talked about this before i mean yeah. like you know we're our condition my condition i'm a victim of conditioning i'm a victim <laughs> of 400 years of conditioning you know like mm-hmm. we're part of this culture where it's about con- consumption you know yeah. like even um so there's this book ishmael that i read that got me interested into the environment in the environmental field and at the end of it so ishmael's teaching this guy about the importance of you know um being a part of nature as opposed to man controlling nature, you know, and how man, specifically Western society, is wasting all of these resources. But even then, I mean, like, you know, at the end of the book, the student's like, well, what do I do now? He's like, well, you kind of have to go teach other people. He's like, but I can't change the society. I mean, like, I'm stuck in the matrix. I'm in this, you know, so we're, we can only change so much. I mean, like, we can't just stop everything and stop using fossil fuels tomorrow, which is, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. you hear people arguing about the Dakota Access Pipeline that are supportive supporters of it, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you're a hypocrite because you have a car. It's like, well, 
I live in this society. I kind of have to have these things to in order to operate in this society. Would I prefer that we don't have, you know, like these wasteful gas guzzling cars? Yeah, I would prefer that. That's why mm-hmm. I drive a hybrid, and that's why I don't have a SUV. And you know, I'm six foot four, and I'm squeezing into a hybrid. And it's not, you know, like I'm making sacrifices here. <laughs> yeah, get a sunroof. But I'm not sacrificing <laughs> my meat on Monday. So don't you <laughs> Wow. wow. That's where I draw the line. I mean, like, it's, it, you know. I just whatever. thought of a, another example for um, just because the Erie Family Health is under construction now, and um, you actually, you know, helped me introduce or, you know, make that connection with the rebuilding exchange. We're salvaging. I, I don't know the percentage right now, but we're salvaging a lot of the material. Good. And, you know, That's I'm really, really, it's not a, they didn't ask us to be green. They didn't ask us for sustainability requirements, but they're there, you yeah. know. Yeah. So we're, at the end of the day, we'll see, we'll see if I can get the, how much percentage of waste was it diverted from the landfill. Yeah. So I'm happy about that, you yeah. know, and the finishes are the low VOC, fin- or no VOC finishes. Awesome. And, um, you know, in a clinic, that's important. But but that's one of those cases where you don't have to talk about, excuse me, the benefit of the environmental impacts. That's one of those cases where you can go back to your client and be like, look, we saved you money by diverting these materials from the waste stream because this was tons of stuff that could have gone into Mm -hmm. that you would have had to pay to put it into a landfill. And now we're diverting it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's introducing, you know, it's introducing money back into the economy. Uh, mm-hmm. While I was at the Rebuilding Exchange, I worked with Loyola University. They did a study about um, <clears throat> an economic impact assessment or an economic impact study on um, the uh, financial, the economic impact that um, the materials diverted at the at the Rebuilding Exchange made. Mm-hmm. So it was like just it just covered one year and it just focused on lumber. And so, like, the Rebuilding Exchange, and we can look this up, it's public, you know, nonprofit, Mm -hmm. you know, the 990s are all out there and stuff. They um, grossed, if I remember properly, somewhere like the range of one, roughly a million bucks um, in revenue on, in 2015, right? Mm -hmm. So they actually made an economic impact of somewhere in the range of $2.5 million. So it didn't count any of the revenue through sales. It only looked at, you know, the... um, donated value of the materials that were brought into the rebuilding exchange, the savings of the material not being tipped into the landfill, the um, carbon credits saved from those materials and um, the jobs created, you know? Mm -hmm. So like that's an impact that you could show to your client and be like, Hey, look, yeah, you weren't asking for sustainability figures, but here's these other figures. And I will do that. Yeah. You know, they didn't ask for it. It, We didn't discuss it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just, it was uh, added to their project, you know, yeah. and it doesn't add cost. It doesn't, you know, it's just a little coordination and nothing yeah. that, you know, professionals can't handle. Exactly. So. Right. <laughs> so. so I always ask, I typically ask our guests, like, five years from now, what do you, where do you, where would you like to be? Have you given that any thought? Like, um, well, we talked about growth. Hopefully yeah. we'll have, you know, a couple more people on board and doing, um, you know, bigger projects but still in the name of sustainability yeah right so still doing the the same thing mm-hmm. cool cool um so yeah oh we touched on it like do you have a dosabling moment aside from the crock pot I mean, like the country <laughs> crock containers do you have any uh like something that you feel like you've dosabled or have been a part of or needs to be dosabled 
I can't think of anything. Mm-mm. Did you have you disabled anything over the last since our last recording, Juanita? <laughs> no, I haven't. I feel like I should uh, should have, but I haven't. Have um, you? Why? I mean, I, I'm asking oh, the questions. Oh, you know I what? Uh, I don't know if that really counts. I, I did see that you retweeted it, but uh, apparently Mike Pence uh, in a in a tweet. Uh, it was supposed to be like the U.S. and Israel, but he used the Nicaraguan flag. Um, it's like, do you know? Um, I, granted, it's an emoji, and the symbol in the center is really small. But I feel like when it comes to foreign relations and sensitivity to other cultures and other countries, like get the flag right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flag, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I don't really have a big, um, a big Dusabling thing, you know, uh, that I've been a part of this week. I think, um, you know, just been working, like really, you know, working really hard on this entrepreneur thing. I really admire. Yeah. You know, like you it's talk about been, mentors, um, you know, yeah, like I really look up to what you've done. You know, it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work. But in the end, it's worth it. I mean, I do remember a moment of, um, you know, being one of two ethnic people in the office. And we were considered the same. If we were to turn around, we were the same person because we had we both had long black hair. We were not the same ethnicity. But, you know, and that was and it was okay to to think that way, you know, or, you know, to call us by each other's names. And um, and you had to get over it as opposed to. And I had to get over it. And, oh, it's what what are you worried about? You know, and so there's I'm sure all of us has stories Mm -hmm. like that. But, um, you know. That was, you know, on a different end. The main focus was sustainability, but that also, you know, helped put me on the on the launching pad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, get out there. And now it's, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. Nothing is perfect, but um, I'm happy. I'm happy to be doing the work that I do. So. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. good. We really appreciate you coming in, and um, we really appreciate. Like, again, I, I look at you as a mentor, like, as I'm trying to start my own business up and all that kind of stuff and seeing like your business grow is an inspiration to me and it makes me think that I can, you know, keep at it and make, um, you know, BK environmental dot industries. There's the <laughs> website, <laughs> make my company grow into something that, that will, uh, grow petals like the LBC grow petals. buildings, right? See, oh, I'm you gotta, I'm you have to do your abatement <laughs> so that my monarch butterflies are able to, uh, travel and journey to those sites we'll, we'll yeah. have to talk there might be opportunities for synergies if you're working with developers and um construct uh, general contractors and all that kind of stuff we'll we'll save this for off the air off the <laughs> mic um i'm sorry did you have anything else Juanita? Yeah, we should probably give the um, the social media tags and stuff yeah so uh, you know you can definitely follow uh the shades of green podcast uh on twitter at do sobbling uh, that's our Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> like, you know, let's just go all in with it. Yeah. Um, and then um, and my Twitter handle's uh, Juanita G. My Twitter handle, and I'll say it clearly this time. I've studied it. The story of B1 is my Twitter handle. Um, you can also follow us on SoundCloud at Shades of Green Chicago. And we're on iTunes now. Yeah. Like so, go on iTunes and give us a you know five star rating. If you do not give us a five star rating, we will find you. (laughs) (laughs) 
just a five star. Oh, and I'm not sure how you found us, but if you did, uh, if you did find us on SoundCloud or uh, iTunes, um, you can also find uh, links to our the organizations and stuff we discussed on uh, our WordPress site, the Shades of Green Chicago WordPress.com site. Cool. All right. Um, all that being said, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Um, it was great Thank to, you. It's good to I'm see happy you to be here. It's been way too <laughs> yeah, long. it has. It has been. We've been busy, which is good, though. Yeah. All yeah, of us. Busy's good. So. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, signing off from uh, the Parker Gale uh, Podcast Studio at 1871.